Vince Vetrano goes outside and gets mad and kicks a cat. 620 and Good Karma Brands didn't kick the cat. But because you work here, oh, my God, you see what happens? Those uh-huh. teammates at 620, they're terrible. <laughs> well, that's that's just the normal reaction, but that's not. I like cats, by the way. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 612 Wisconsin's Morning News this Wednesday morning, Michelle Richards is in for Eric today in the next several. GOP candidates for president debate tonight in Miami. More on who's in, who's out, and where you can watch that debate in a moment. But it comes on the heels of elections across the country Tuesday. Democrats scoring key wins, some in battleground states like Ohio, where in that somewhat conservative state, voters approved, including access to abortion in the state constitution, and they legalized weed. ABC's Andrew Dimbert. For the Democrats' momentum nationwide, surprising analysts. It comes despite a new poll showing President Biden trailing former President Trump by four points in a general election matchup. Even among voters younger than 35, Biden still trails Trump. But Biden looking to ride the wave, obviously has work to do as a candidate, even within his own party, ABC's Andy Field. The president posting to social media that, quote, democracy won and MAGA lost, adding that voters vote, polls don't, in reference to recent polls showing Mr. Biden's approval rating sinking. The president saying Republicans in Kentucky spent $30 million on ads in a proxy campaign against him and lost big. You know, we've been asking, Michelle, whether or not abortion would still be on the table now that we're... Post the Roe v. Wade being overturned and, you know, Wisconsin certainly saw the huge impact of that in our elections. But whether or not that's still an issue moving forward, clearly in these fall elections, it was. I'm not surprised. I'm not. I think it'll be a big deal forever. Right. Well, until we get until it's resolved one way right. or another. Mm-hmm. Right. The Republicans will have a chance to answer tonight. Third GOP primary debate, seven o'clock our time. And this one is on NBC. So TMJ4 here locally. Lester Holt will moderate. He's joined by Meet the Press, Kristen Welker and host Hugh Hewitt. It'll be crowded once again tonight on stage. Candidates not yet confirmed, but we are expecting Governor DeSantis, Ambassador Haley, Senator Scott, Governor Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy all to be there. Former RNC chairman, former Trump White House chief of staff and Wisconsin guy Reince Priebus predicts this big field is only playing into the hands of former President Trump. As long as there's going to be five or six candidates on that stage, they're not, barring some unforeseen thing that we just don't know about right now, they're not going to be able to take out Trump with five or six people on that stage. And the president knows it, and that's why he's not going to the debate. Indeed, former President Trump skipping all the debates thus far. Massive leads in the polls against the rest of the field. NBC has that debate tonight, 7 p.m. our time. Brandon Snyde has sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After winning their first game in 42 days, the Green Bay Packers will be back out on the practice field later today as they get ready for a Week 10 road trip to Pittsburgh. Head coach Matt LaFleur speaking this week about snapping that four-game losing streak and a look ahead to the matchup with the Steelers. The guys continue to battle each and every day. I see it, and I think we're making some improvements. We're far from a finished product, I would say. Uh, but just it, it does feel good to win, and I think that'll give us hopefully some, some energy as we come in and have a very tough contest next week in Pittsburgh against a team that's 
been as consistent as anybody over the years under Mike Tomlin. Um, and so we got to have a great week of preparation for that in order to have the same feeling next week. The Packers will hit that practice field later today with an injury report that should follow shortly after. One name to keep an eye on will be Christian Watson, who left in the fourth quarter of that Week 9 win. Over to the NBA, after an off day on Tuesday, the Milwaukee Bucks will welcome in the Detroit Pistons tonight for a 7 p.m. tip-off at Pfizer Forum. Head coach Adrian Griffin talking about Damian Lillard earlier this week, addressing the work that is still in progress for the Bucks' new point guard. His intentions are great. You know, he's trying to be a great teammate. He's trying to make the, the right reads. But at the same time, you know, him shooting the ball is what we need. He's done that at times, and I think at, at times you can see that he's a little hesitant. And he doesn't – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but, he, you know, he's almost too unselfish at times. But we just need him to be Dame, you know, be who you are. There's more than enough for us. Coverage of tonight's game can be heard right here on WTMJ beginning at 6 p.m. with our Bucks shoot-around. Lastly, over to college football, where the Michigan sign-stealing saga took another turn this week. ESPN senior college football writer Heather Dinich on possible sanctions that could be headed towards Ann Arbor. Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, has the authority to impose as many as a two-game suspension and up to $10,000 in a fine. If it's one game, if it's two games, when is it? They play Penn State this week. That's huge. And if the Big Ten goes down this path, I would expect Michigan to push back on it. Star running back Blake Corum for Michigan. He was also named in an LLC with Connor Stallions. That's the guy who's at the center of the ongoing investigation of the sign stealing. The LLC is tied to an address in Ann Arbor. Corum did deny any involvement with the business. And uh, lastly, Craig Council spoke yesterday. Vince, did you did you read up on... Uh, Talked to a handful of reporters, apparently. Yeah, so we don't have any audio, but he did say, uh, quote, it just became clear that I needed a new challenge is why he decided to go from Milwaukee to our quote-unquote friends in Chicago. Yeah, that was my primary takeaway is mm-hmm. how he's trying to frame this. He didn't bag on the organization. Nope. He didn't say it was broken. He didn't say anything like, I, I couldn't win a championship in Milwaukee. He's framing it as a new challenge. The other thing is uh, he's well aware that people are really pissed. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> he is very aware of that. He is well aware. He did also mention he did have conversations before he was leaving with Mark Antanasio about the possibility of, of managing somewhere else. So, it didn't come out of uh, left field, no pun intended there. But you know, it, you know nonetheless, I mean? you know he spoke. We could we could close that chapter. Michelle mentioned that I was smiling this morning. All time, you know, time heals all wounds, Michelle. So, so that's what you did. Twenty four hours. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting and then there. I said you're only smiling on the outside. <laughs> Just on the outside. You're right. Six nineteen on Wisconsin's morning news. At 624 on Wisconsin's Morning News, Michelle Richards in for Eric Bilstead today. Just this interesting case out of Racine County. Charges expected any time now. Woman contracted to provide mental health services at the jail. So she's you know, an outside contractor, but she visits the jail and provides mental, services, mental health services for the inmates. She's now accused of, and this is probably more common than we think, having a romantic relationship with an inmate and smuggling in contraband. For two inmates. For a couple inmates. And it wouldn't surprise me if there are more because of all the stuff they recovered at the Racine County Jail, including at least cigarettes and cigars. Two inmates having having been busted now for having much more than that. Found a phone, actually two phones, which according to the Racine County Sheriff Christopher Schmeling, they attempted to flush down the toilet during a shakedown. Sheriff also says correctional officers found in cells 
Another phone, in addition to the one, USB chargers, oxycodone pills, a lighter, tobacco, rolling papers, a makeshift smoking pipe, two razors, and three pens. The pen, I guess, the pen could be fashioned into some sort of weapon, which is why you can't have a pen in the cell. Okay, get that. Mental health contractor is not accused of delivering all those items, though further investigation could bear her out as the source. Sheriff Schmeling said when questioned, she immediately asked for a lawyer and then refused to answer questions, which is probably a good idea. Now, typically, as you know, Michelle, being in the news a long time, we don't typically name people until they are charged. Mm -hmm. I did reach out to the Racine County District Attorney about that. She says charges are under review. And she expects the woman in this case, whom I will name uh, after verifying with the DA's office, uh, Brittany Perez, 36 years old from Kenosha. She is expected to have an initial court appearance later this week. So the DA appearing to Im- uh, indicate that charges are imminent. So she's named by the sheriff. We'll have her day in court, which is why uh, we've chosen to name her here at WTMJ. The inmates facing charges, 33-year-old Andrew Kuncher, 21-year-old Tarvis Coker. I mentioned the phones so that's where deputies are getting this idea of a romantic relationship between Perez and inmate Crutcher. I don't think it's just an idea, Vince. <laughs> they reviewed, indeed, <laughs> they reviewed text conversations. In one text, uh, Crutcher asked Perez, Perez, the uh, outside contractor, to bring him, quote, a pack of Newports and like six of them black and milds, Newport 100s, the Jazzwood tipped ones. He was very particular, I guess. So she on that particular day had I don't even responded. know what that means. Right had told him uh, she couldn't bring him anything because, quote, people are talking. Well, they're doing more than that now. They're shaking down inmates, finding stuff, and recommending charges. Brewers manager Craig Council says he just needed a new challenge. That story coming up in sports at 645. Well, not quite Applebee's in this case, but... Oh, not quite. Waffle House. Yes. Of all the wedding venues in and around Nashville, this one may top the waffle. Here's CBS News correspondent Matt Piper. Eli Holbrook of Lebanon, Tennessee, has a lot of good memories at his local Waffle House from when he was in the military. Every time I came home from Japan, my family would take me to a Waffle House and we eat dinner there for like a first meal back together. Now a different kind of first meal. I did not see that coming. As groom. That's the food of his choice. To marry Kate. It was my mom's idea. Mom's idea to have their wedding reception at the chain. And Eli had no clue until they pulled up. As much as I teased her, I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not happening. Waffle House is not being a part of this. And then we got there and I was like, yeah, she's the one. I, <laughs> I found her. Matt Piper. It was funny. Yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. CBS News. So was there like a special menu? I so suppose, they, right? they made like a, a hash brown heart. Okay, for very the, cute. The Lovely. happy newlyweds. They got Waffle House hats and name tags. They shut the whole place down. And they did play that song that we bumped in with, uh, but they changed Applebee's to Waffle House. Waffle House. Yes. So <laughs> I can tell you, one of the most fun weddings I ever went to was the least fancy. Yeah. It was like... It was a uh, you know seven minute ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, like on a lake, and people were like dressed down casual. It was burgers and brats, and it was a blast. Because when you're comfortable, Absolute blast. When you're comfortable, right? you might have a little more fun than you normally would. I don't know, but yeah, waffles. Who doesn't like a waffle? Good luck to the happy couple. Moment in parroting. I don't know if I've handled this right, Michelle. Michelle Richards in for Eric today. 
You're now you're a little bit behind me in the kid game. Mine are older than yours, so I got yes. kids with jobs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Anybody in the workforce there? No. <laughs> At no, the Richards not household. Quite yet. Yet? No. Oldest is twelve. Okay, so when your kid gets a job, you gotta give him a bank account, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to, you know, the money has to go somewhere. So right. now we're now we're learning about banking and all those things. So they got their first bank account, my twins do, and they're new to this process. So they got some mail the other day. At least one of them opened the mail. I don't why don't the kids open the mail? Is it because they're used to getting messages and stuff like we weren't? My kids don't open their mail. It's got their name on it. Remember when you got something in the mail? It was oh, like, yeah. oh, this is addressed to me. Well, my kids usually get like <laughs> magazines and yeah. cards and nothing as exciting as bank statements. So, right. So they actually, well, at least my, my girl opened the mail, Liv, she opens it up. And then I see this note when I get up in the middle of the night, you know, to come to work and it's out there with... Whatever they pulled out of the envelope from the bank and then this little sticky tab that said, when you get a chance, Dad, please explain this to us. We don't get it. So they, at least they looked it over. Yeah, It was kind of like, you know, when you it – was, it was one of those legalese statements, right? Mm-hmm. So a bunch of lawyers got paid to write out this stuff. It's standard stuff that you always get. We're make, making this change to the user agreement or, or whatever. And I just told them, I'm like, this is like, you know, when you download all your crap and you get that user agreement and you just click yes – or Here, I agree. Have my personal information. Yes, right. Like, <laughs> just that. You don't actually have to read this. It's cool. <laughs> same thing. Is that the it same is. thing? Right. It's it's pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Call them up and argue? Or dissect it line by line and try to figure it out yourself because you don't understand it either. Budding lawyers, though, that would give them a little bit of practice, wouldn't That's it? That's true. Here you go, Liv. Read through this and see see what you'd like to dispute. <laughs> and I just told him it's cool. This stuff comes from time to time. Shred it, and you're good. Is that good? Is that solid advice? Uh Okay, great. Win. 645, Brandon's got sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The 4-2 and two Milwaukee Bucks are back to work tonight as they welcome in the division foe, the Detroit Pistons at Pfizer Forum. Tip-off time is all set for 7 p.m. Former Brewers manager and now Cubs skipper Craig Council met with the media on Tuesday afternoon saying the reason he left Milwaukee was for, quote, a new challenge. The Brewers' search for their next voice is in the clubhouse is still ongoing. And lastly, to college football, where the second edition of the football playoff rankings were released on Tuesday night, with the top four teams holding firm as Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State all still undefeated maintain the top spots. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. A new era of Milwaukee Brewers baseball is officially upon us, and whether we like it or not, the search for the next manager will now become the most vital to make sure we retain success here in the Brewer City. After longtime skipper Craig Council decided this week to break the hearts of so many, including me, the pressure of Milwaukee has now escalated to new heights it hasn't seen in quite some time. I've mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. Over the past six seasons or so, this has been the golden age of Brewers baseball, with multiple playoff appearances, a few division titles, and ultimately raised expectations throughout Milwaukee. For many years, Council was the center of attention when it came to carrying that pressure of winning, and now, though, that lies squarely on the shoulders of owner Mark Antanasio and general manager Matt Arnold. There is no doubt about this. Those two must get this right for now and for the foreseeable future. By all accounts, most talking heads will write this team off, but the fans of Milwaukee will choose not to. The talent, in my opinion, is still there. You got guys like Christian Yelich, Willie 
Willie Adamas, younger talent like Sal Fralick, Bryce Terrain, Garrett Mitchell, and a handful of players in Nashville who will be ready to make their debut sooner rather than later. Without question, the Brewers brass must knock this next hire out of the park, literally. Was there ever a contingency plan put in place for the next manager? Was there a list of potential candidates to run this team when and if you had a break glass in case of an emergency? Like it or not, for better or worse, we are about to find out. trial of a former Milwaukee police officer, Michael Mattioli, accused of first-degree reckless homicide in the death of a man following a party at Mattioli's house. It enters day three today. Tuesday, the family of Joel Acevedo, along with the jury in full courtroom, they saw police body camera video for the first time from that night. Prosecutors played police body camera video of that day, which is too graphic to show on television. Former Milwaukee police officer Michael Mattioli, who was off-duty at the time, is seen on top of Acevedo. I described it to investigators as what I believe to be a rear naked choke. It appeared to me as if he had his arm uh, underneath him, uh, around his neck, and his other arm up above it. It was TMJ4's Julia Fellow reporting the testimony from an officer there who arrived on scene at Mattioli's house that night or early morning. We bring in our teammate from 1017 The Truth, host of the afternoon show and former Milwaukee Police Lieutenant Dr. Ken Harris. Uh, just quickly before we get into some of the meat of this, Dr. Ken, I, I feel for any officer who is called to testify against a fellow cop. You expect them to, to do right and tell the truth, but, man, that is not a position you want to be in. There's really no but. You testify to what happened, and that's that. I've had to do it before. Difficult, right, though? No. I mean, not, not to, I'm not suggesting it's difficult to do the right thing, but no. man, you don't want to be up there in that position. For me, no. When you do something wrong and, and there's a trial, your job is not to hope someone goes to jail or doesn't go to jail. You present the facts as they presented them. You do it. You testify. And you move on. Later, people have to understand that that's what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who the defendant is or who the prosecutor is, or who the judge is, you tell the truth. So anything stand out to you for the first couple of days of testimony here, how the defense is framing this, how the prosecution is going after it? Not really. It's, it's the prosecution's field day. They, they probably have another day or so, and then they'll switch over to the defense. That will be the interesting part. Um, some of the things the officer testified as far as them holding him down and the phone getting knocked out of his hand and someone else picking it up, those types of things are going to go far to show how they got to the chokehold, how they got to holding him down, things like that. But that's just the preclusion part. What led up to you having to do the hold, which subsequently sent him to the hospital and he died. Are we, and, in, are we in for any surprises in this trial? Are we going to hear things that we haven't heard yet? Because it's laid out pretty much. Mm-hmm. There was this fight. Here's here's what he's saying. Here's what these guys are saying. And Are we... <laughs> Is there something that we don't know after three and a half years? I would say yes. I would. I would definitely. Do you say know yes. what that is? <laughs> I would, Will you I share would that say with no. us? <laughs> <laughs> you, you should be able to read my tone of voice. Right. There, there were just some disconnects that were occurring, and the scene. And, and I think once they, I found notable that when there was a description of the scene, it was very narrow. It was. It was very. Um, limited to just this. How'd the house look? Who else was in the house? How long were they there? Um, but what were you doing? You already said there were there were drugs and alcohol. Well, what drugs? 
And where were you in the house? How long were you there? Like, there's a lot of detail that's not being uh, looked at by the prosecution. Hopefully they'll do it today. Are there other cops that you expect to get wrapped up in this? Perhaps people's names that we haven't heard before? I, I don't I don't I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, they've got everybody. They've got a list. Both sides have each other's witness list. And it's it's just there. If if the media saw something on there that was so cutting or so, you know, beyond the pale that they would report, hey, Dr. Ken Harris is testifying. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been out by now. In terms of how this has all played out, and granted, everyone believes that it took way too long to adjudicate to get to this process. But short of that, I would argue at least when you have potential officer misconduct, this was handled correctly. Would you disagree? They called the police. Police responded on duty. Mattioli resigned from the force. He's facing charges, and Mm -hmm. he's having his day in court. It wasn't police misconduct. He was not acting under the color of law. Right. And so that's what people need to separate. Your job is not you. If if Vince Vetrano goes outside and gets mad and kicks a cat, 620 and Good Karma Brands didn't kick the cat. But because you work here, oh, my God, you see what happens? Those uh-huh. teammates at 620, they're terrible. Well, that's that's just the normal reaction, but that's not. I like cats, by the way. I know. Me too. I love them. <laughs> Dr. Ken Harris, teammate from 1017 <laughs> The Truth. Appreciate it. All right.